Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and much more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with the legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasha Dash. Guys, big win last night. A nice way to start off the post-All-Star break uh, season. Um, Eric, do you get the sense that you played? So uh, after All-Star break, is there kind of an like an enhanced like like feeling to play? Like is it more because last night's been a playoff basketball type game, but is it does it get more serious after All-Star break? Well, I, I wouldn't. I would like to think that it doesn't get more serious. I would. Th- I would like to think it's serious all the time. Right. Um. But I think that once guys get a break and they kind of get a chance to digest the season and what's going forward, the urgency does pick up. Yeah. Every team's urgency isn't the same. Um. But the urgency picks up on and guys know when what what are big games and. When you play an opponent that's considered a, you know, championship contender, and you're at home, you're national TV, so all of that stuff comes into play. And and, and the NBA, because of football, because NFL and college, have backloaded a lot of the national televised games. Um, so you'll see a lot of that, and 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 I think it's going to be like this all the way. I, I I said it earlier in the season, or maybe midway in the season, that this this could be a season where it'd be multiple close MVP candidates, and somewhat of a playoff starting earlier because of seedings um, it's going to start a lot earlier as far as placement. Um, It's it's, it's not going to be a lot of settled positions for a while here. Yeah. It's looking that way so far. Um, Obviously a a big part of that uh, game last night was James Harden looking like uh, Houston Harden. I I, I love every time he like does well. It's like, Oh my God, there he is. There's Houston Harden. Houston Harden. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's James Harden. They both, both so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he even said uh, they said the report about him is that he wants to turn it up a notch the second half of the season. Good. He wants that. Wants that money. He said he liked the report was in that in the game that he liked where he how he played in the first half, but the second half he wanted to take it up a notch, be more aggressive. Um. Which he was. He was. He was definitely more aggressive. I, I liked. That he was going to the rim. He was. He was assertive. He had his move. He went right to it. It was. It was more decisive. I liked it. And it was necessary. <laughs> yeah, especially the way <laughs> beat struggled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sp- so speaking of Houston Harden, this is something that ESPN uh, beat writers have been kind of like the last few months. They've been kind of pushing this narrative that uh, 
Harden's going to try to go back, wants to go back to Houston uh, next year. Um, and apparently he spends a lot of time there. Obviously he played there for a while, so I'm sure he has a home there um, still. But uh, uh, ESPN's um, uh, Tim McMahon reported that uh, the quote was, Houston believes it is a legit possibility that it's not coming out of thin air. James Harden still spends a lot of time in Houston, spends his summers in Houston, works out at the Rockets facility on a regular basis. It's a very real possibility that he, that Harden will return to Houston. What do you make of this, uh, Eric? Because we've heard this a few times over the last few months. What do you is this trying to leverage the Sixers to get more money from us? I mean, what what is could, the, could be could be a, a leverage ploy. It could be coming from an agent. It should be coming from. Um, you know, a lot of different directions. So do I think it should totally be dismissed? No, not necessarily. Um, do I think it could happen? He's called, he, it's called free agency. So he's free to do whatever he wants to do. So if that's the case, if that's what he wants to do in the back end of his career, so be it. I mean, you can't criticize a guy if that's what he wants to do and being, being a free agent, that's what you're able to do. Um, I don't think it's likely that he leaves the Sixers to go there. I, I think that I don't think James, me personally, I don't think he's and would want to go to a rebuild um, in free agency. I mean, I think maybe at the end of your career, you want to go and you live there and kind of finish your career there. I just don't see James at that point right now. That's that's just me. I, I don't I don't see it. But it would not shock me if that's a decision he made because I'm one that understands guys make their own decisions to do what's best for them. That's what free agency is. Nothing would shock me about James' decisions anymore. <laughs> There's one guy I could just be like, spin the box, spin the wheel, and see what happens. It's him. Yeah. So, Got it. But it wouldn't make sense at this point because his move from Brooklyn was justified. I think we can all see that, right? Um he wanted to come here. He chose to come here. Apparently, the reports I keep reading is that he really wanted to come here from Houston, but he couldn't because uh, Fertitta wouldn't trade him. So he had to go to Brooklyn to get here, like a layover. And now that he's here, it would be weird for him to be like, no, nah, I want Houston again. It's like, man, what? <laughs> it, just, it would just sound weird. Yeah, I mean, that's why I just can't. Unless, really unless there was a major problem. Was, unless yeah, there were reports just, of him and Embiid aren't getting along or like they're losing a lot of games. Then I could be like, okay, it ain't just, working. But if it's working. I just, I just think you can't really dive into it until you hear from the source. Yes. The real source. Um, I, I think that's what we got to kind of be about. The real source. And I believe the last time this was a couple months ago when this came out, I think Harden had the um, the article that came out with the interview where he said this is the, the best chance he had, has, has ever had at winning was this team that came out a few days later after the initial reports of him going back to Houston. So we can only take Harden at his word there that he obviously sees his team as legit con- title contender. Why would you want to leave that if that's true? Yeah. So, well, we have uh, a few more months before uh, we talk about the free agency stuff. So uh, <laughs> we'll get into some of the, uh, the the hot topics that are going on in the NBA world uh, right now. So before we get into the Memphis game um, – I wanted we uh, Tasha and I have been talking about this. We want to get your uh, feedback on this. We know you aren't the biggest fans of the, the whole generational talk. You know, my generation was better than your era. And all are you kidding? This is his favorite topic. He loves this. <laughs> it's just uh, horrible. Like, why do we even talk about this? <laughs> um, so, for some of the Sixers fans that uh, don't don't know about this, uh, so um, 
Uh, there was some chatter between Stephen A. Smith, uh, Mad Dog, Rousseau, and J.J. Redick about arguing about eras. It's a talk that I think happens multiple times a year. But uh, multiple times a month. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Wilkins and Sam Mitchell took extreme offense to what J.J. Redick said and even went as far as to call him an idiot. Uh, Nick Van Exel and other <laughs> players have jumped in to agree with um, Dominic Wilkins and uh, Sam Mitchell, while other players like Gilbert Arenas have come out in support with uh, J.J. Redick, saying that there's no comparison, partly because guys today play basketball for six to seven hours a day, and guys like Bill Lambier couldn't keep up with the guys today. So, Eric, where that's do you... A nice, that's a nice way of putting it, by Yeah, way. really, it was. <laughs> where, where do you... What did, he, what, did he, what did Gilbert say? I mean, he had like a long two or three minute, like pretty much tirade about how it's crazy that I think he said when you look back at Lambeer's great deal. Oh, he's talking about Bill Lambeer. Well, he was he was oh, using him as a, he, he well he was using eras, but he was using Lambeer as kind of like an example case. Okay. So he was saying Lambeer was a great defender of his era, but his great defense was just fouling hard, is what he said. Pretty much, yeah. it wasn't great defense. It would all be called fouls. So we play within the rules of the time, which you could foul hard and play good defense, but that just wouldn't fly. And the guys now would essentially run circles around him because they're like on just another level of of trained basketball players because they play around the clock, he said. So so if Bill was playing now, Bill would not do that too? That's where people always stop with those thoughts. They never say if you took him out of a time machine and put him in now – what yeah, you I mean, he, he, for an he, hour he, a day and leave. He wouldn't be the. He would be doing the same thing that everybody else does. Of course, of course. Just like if someone went back to the eighties, they would be doing what everybody else did. Yep, yep. That's, that's why it doesn't make. There's also the whole money thing too, because I'm sure if you paid some of these guys <laughs> six hundred thousand instead of sixty million, yeah, if they made if they made twenty five to thirty million dollars a year, they could eat right, live right, do all the stuff that they do too. Ab- you know? Absolutely, have a trainer yeah. and the. Shooting coach and all these other coaches, they can do the same thing. A falling coach, no, yeah, falling coach, yeah, like you know, have all, have all that stuff. <laughs> the, the falling coach, you guys are just ecstatic about a falling coach. I mean, that just makes you. Hey, dead. last night he needed it, man. Him and him and Jaron Jackson was like a like a dance routine. They needed a choreographer to go over that stuff, dude. They kept <laughs> falling over each other all night. But no, uh, it, I mean, oh, I, man, I don't really know. I mean, I guess everybody has. Their opinion, man. I, all I can say is, like, I have no way of just saying the guys that played and like that I didn't really watch. Like, I, I didn't play in the eighties, but but I grew up and I watched those guys in the eighties. Um, and so, before I say that, are we talking about Magic Johnson couldn't play now? Or that's what I'm saying. Are we just being selective? Like, was Gilbert just saying Bill Lambert in? No, he, he used Bill as, a, as a specific example, but it was era. It was guys back then. Not including Magic Johnson. I mean, he didn't he didn't have a stipulation on that. So I guess I guess it is including Magic Johnson. It can't be including Magic Johnson because um, Magic Johnson was one of the most best conditioned basketball players we've ever seen. They all people also stated that Lambert. Was basically would be a, a um a stretch a stretch big now he could actually shoot they just didn't he just didn't do it because they didn't that wasn't what he he, he did it then yeah he well, was for, shooting he, he was picking up and shooting and shooting threes there he would just do it like 
times 10 now if he played now, right? Because it allows for that. But that, that's not from a, a, a standpoint of being able. That's just what teams want you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, they want you to do it. Like, we, we watched Joel stand out in the perimeter almost the whole game last night. <laughs> well, I mean, he did, right? Yeah. For a lot of it, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just – you know, you all you, – you guys know I don't really – I don't like to get into this stuff. I, I just – I think it's not good. Um, I do know that when I came into the league, <clears throat> excuse me, there were some guys that felt that the older players kind of shaded them. Um, so I think some of that is always, some of that is still there. Um, when I came into the league, it was like that guys felt that way. Um, I was one that, you know, wasn't really supposed to be in the league. So I was excited to see everybody mm-hmm. and meet all the older guys. So I didn't never really had a chance to. And you were, a, you were on a bit, you were on a veteran squad. We talked you know, about so, Yeah. So I wasn't really, I didn't have a chance to judge people. I, I'm just like. The thing that disappoints me the, the most with this is that people it's, it's a lot of ways to defend your point without dismissing people. And that's where I, I mean that's where I want us to get. If if you feel like your era is better or this era is better or that era is better, fine, but we we don't have to do it by dismissing people. Um I just want to hear that. I want to hear people talk like that because um like I said, I didn't see the seventies. I didn't see anything in all them, all those guys before them. Um, I mean, I did see some seventies, but I don't remember them very much. Um, I seen a lot of the eighties. Um, I seen a lot of the nineties, and you know, I experienced playing some of the nineties. And after that, and I thought the guys that were playing when I was watching the eighties were great. Doctor J was my favorite player. Magic Johnson's. My goat, the point guard position, so I enjoy playing it. I've seen Michael Jordan on TV in person. I've seen Kobe Bryant. I've seen LeBron James. I've seen all Kevin Durant. I've seen all these guys. They're all great. I, I mean, I think it's it's just hard. I mean, you just you know because we you know we don't talk about we talk about guys' talent. Well, this guy can do this and this guy can do that. You know, but are we going to talk about? how Bill Russell couldn't stay in the same hotel as his teammates. I'm sure that didn't distract him on the court at all. Yeah. So you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, are we going to talk about everything else that was going on? Um, so until we, if we want to have a conversation, let's have a real one. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Let's have a real yeah. one. Um, if there was a time in the NBA when you, you tore your ACL and your career was over. Yep. So, I just and I just I don't really know how to think about it because it's really only in basketball that we had this stuff. True. Like I don't hear anybody saying You're right. It doesn't really come up a lot in football. In other I don't hear, you know, Gretzky couldn't play right now. I don't hear anybody say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one big reason I wanted to we both wanted to talk to you about this too is because a lot of the discussion stems from, and Reddick talked more about this today on his podcast. Reddick said one thing. He said, 
outside of hard fouls being looked at longer and flagrants and fighting, he said outside of that, the physicality has not changed in how it's called in the league. I personally do not agree with that. And that's that's, why, that's, that's not an accurate statement. I, I agree. Yeah, I I, I agree. But see, I want you especially because you were a hard-nosed defender and you played through the tail end of that really, really, really physical I, I came into the, into the new I, I came into the league where the rules changed three or four times on how you could guard people. So you have a unique so, perspective so that, on it. Yes, so you 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 when you come in and you could physically hand check someone and hold hold their hip and and direct them. So if you were stronger than them, there was really nothing they could do. You could direct them and make them go whichever way you wanted them to go. Damn, that does matter. Absolutely, that does matter, and that's why I've always said like you take a guy like Steph Curry for instance. I'm I'm of the I'm of the side that think that Steph Curry can succeed in any era. It just may look different because if Steph Curry is too good of a player, too smart of a player, if I could hold him like this, he will do something different. He's not going to come down to shoot those deep shots if I'm directing him with my hand. He's not going to do that. He's going to do something different, but still effective. That, that's that's how I see it. Um, but to say that that was it, no, it wasn't. I mean, you went from the hand check to the form. To you know, guys could back you down. You know, if they thought you were weak defender, they could back you down. Um, the rule changed from it was illegal offense. You couldn't have more than three guys isolated um, above the you know. So people didn't know that illegal offense. The illegal defense was different as far as where you could stand. If I was guarding a guy in the corner, I couldn't be in the paint. Um, without going to double the ball. So now you can go in the paint, you can help, and then you can come and release yourself out of the paint in any direction. Before, if you went in the paint, I had to go legally guard the ball, not just act like I'm doubling the ball. Mm -hmm. I had to really go all the way and double the ball if I took one step into the paint, um, no matter where I was. Now, and, and if I was guarding the guy up top um, and he was on the weak side from the ball, I could not be in the paint and I could not be um, on the other side of, you know, the dot at the free throw line. So I had to be above the free throw line and on the other side of that dot. And if I stepped in the paint in any way, form, I had to go immediately double the ball. If I didn't double the ball, it was illegal defense. Hmm. So it's, it is different. It, it is. Totally. It, it, it is different. So that's where I just like, I just, where I just think, Guys, the understanding of it to say that it it's it isn't different. It is. It is different. So I don't really know what JJ said about Lambier and all the other stuff. But to say it's basically the same outside of that that that's not that's not accurate, totally yeah. that's not accurate because it's um I think from a standpoint of in some ways it's accurate because you kind of. You can't redirect and do some things, but it's a lot of things that you can't do. Like, like Steph will come off screens now. And when he came off those screens, the big was able to step out and actually hit him and redirect him. You, you can't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? So it was that was legal. You could come out and kind of nudge him and hit him and knock him off course. 
So basically, so whoever his defender was could catch up. Yep. Um. And the, and the screener could do the same to the thing to the guy that was guarding him. So all of that was cleaned up, and it was cleaned up. Really, when people thought, or the NBA thought, that it wasn't good for television. That's, that's what it was. Teams were winning, then, you know, they want to blame Pat Riley when he was a, when he was with the Knicks. I mean, that's what you always hear when, you know, mid early, mid-90s was the Knicks when they came and all of a sudden they were going to the finals and scoring 80 points and because did nobody score? And it wasn't because of the lack of talent. It was a, some very talented players on those teams. It was just hard to score. Um, it was really hard to score. And that's from people learning how to take advantage of the rules that were put in place. Um, just like people do it now offensively, that they may, you know, kind of cater to a rule that they know is there or they step into a guy or lean into him because they know they can get a fight. It's the same thing. It was it was done defensively then. The, the rules were a little, well, not a little, they're a lot more aggressive. You could be more aggressive defensively. And then you just cater yourself and cater your team to fit that rule. They do it now, but now it's a little more on the offensive end where the rules are catered for the offensive guy to have more success. Um, and and guys that has been in the league and guys that are older and guys that's been through it understand what that was all about. I happen to be a guy that played, like I said, when all the rules changed yep. and I was a vice president in the Players Association. So I know I was in on those conversations about why they were doing it. I even sat on referee committees. Like, that's why they were doing it. They were doing it to score more, to be more exciting. That's why they did it. So if it wasn't necessary, if they didn't think it wasn't, if it wasn't helpful for the league, they wouldn't have changed it. But that's why they changed it. So to say that it's still the same, no, it's not. It's not still the same. They, they changed it for a reason. And I think they changed it, to, for me, in my opinion, for the better in the league. They did change it for the better in the league. But that did, it was different. And he, it was funny. He was like, you know, you can, uh, if you pull out, go pull up like a 1990s Jordan him in the post and how much he gets bumped. I, I'll show you just as many examples of Steph Curry getting bumped and it not being called. Yeah, I mean that 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 I think is true. I think that's I think that's true. The difference is you got to show the whole sequence of the play and see how many times you get you you're able to get bumped and and get hit um, and get screened and that way that's what I'm saying in that in that particular case that's where it's different. Um, but I think Steph gets yeah he gets held hit bump um, you can be a little aggressive with him. Um, that that's that's true, but I wouldn't I wouldn't compare it to um the physicality with with Jordan. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's the same. I wouldn't. I I think that that's that's not a good way to kind of gauge it. Yeah, I mean, I would you know I would say maybe the way LeBron is gets hit because they don't call it as often. You know, someone like that, um, where Steph gets hit and held. I think Steph gets held a lot, not necessarily hit a lot. 
My counter to that is we're also not talking about the million illegal screens he also gets to get open too, because Draymond pulls like a guard on some of those. Nah, that's the one thing that hasn't changed is illegal screens. Well, Rick ba- Rick Barry <laughs> went off about how he can't even watch the game anymore because of he counts like forty to fifty illegal screens a game. The difference is they not they're not calling it very often. That's the problem. Um, so if they're not going to call it, guys are going to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah but that's I mean illegal screens. I mean you know I played against in the Pacers and chasing Reggie Miller and the Davis boys and Rick Smith and all those guys hit. <laughs> oh man, it's like an obstacle course. Hey, you think the look? Trust me, I know what an illegal screen is, and that's always been in there. If there's anything that hasn't changed, it's illegal screens. And my biggest thing was, at least to the six, seven hour counter, how guys work so much harder now. Well, they do. They do. They do put in more work. They do. My counter to that is okay, what's the one aspect of NBA that hasn't changed at all since the 80s? Like zero. It's the same exact thing as it was then as it is now. Free throw shooting, not changed. Same distance. No one's in your face. It, no one's made it harder. It's only gone up 1.8% since the 80s. So if guys are spending spending six more hours in the gym, how come that hasn't gone up in, in 40 years? I don't know. It's a free shot. It's literally yeah, a free yeah, shot. Think, it, it's like yeah, a practice I think, shot. I think free throw shooting is, is something that guys – you can work on, but at seven hours a day, I'd hope so. Yeah, they you still gotta, you know, that popcorn start popping, it's still different. So yeah, I mean, guys, they don't I've been around a lot of guys. I just know they work on their threes more than they work on their free throws. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. You can see that it. Percent, I I can imagine that percentage is going up. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that, that was considerable. The attempts also have gone up like 10 times a game too. Oh, and I, yeah, the attempts. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, it's you were getting taken out the game. Um, you were getting taken out the game for shooting threes a long time ago. And now you get taken out the game, you know, if you don't take threes. Mm-hmm. Just the opposite. Yeah. That's funny. Don't shoot that. Scoot back and shoot it. Like literally, scoot back and shoot. We were told scoot up and shoot. You know, why are you taking that shot? It's just a different than the philosophies are just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being that they're different, they were different because it was it was harder to score. So since it was harder to score, if they if they deemed something not a great shot, <laughs> hey, especially with LB. I mean, Larry Brown, look, man, I didn't even work on threes. I'll be honest with y'all. Like, we were shooting every once in a while. I know Aaron worked on threes, but he really just worked on corner threes. Mm-hmm. Like Alan imagine. just played basketball. Alan was going to take whatever shot whenever he didn't care. Like, <laughs> but I didn't even work on them. Like, I would shoot a couple threes, like, in my routine, make one from each spot or something crazy. Like, that. I didn't even shoot them. During the offseason, I didn't even work on them at all. Because you weren't doing it in games. Why would you? But I was told not to shoot them. <laughs> so why am I going to work with something I'm told not to shoot? It's funny, man. That's a total mentality change because now guys go into their off seasons trying to yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So that, they're not I, that so, good at. So, so, yeah, that's so that's what I'm saying. So it's like 
I never went into a, a season. Like, when I went to Cleveland, they kind of, like, wanted me to do it a little more. But I'm 12 years in. I'm not going to become no three-point shooter in one year. I mean, I'm not Brooke Lopez. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You would have needed, like, the long Jason Kidd increase. That's what you would have needed. But Jason always shot threes, though. Even when he was missing them, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I don't really know his percentage. I'm just saying, like, Jason always shot them. Like, it wasn't like he didn't shoot them, and then all of a sudden he started shooting more. He, he just – but he was always shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we we were – I never went into – especially when I was in Philly, I never went into a, an exit meeting or any kind of meeting. And that one year – and I was there almost seven years, and they told me to come back uh, working on three. Only time that happened was when um, – what was the coach that came from Boston when I got traded? Um, uh, Brian. Yeah, Jim O'Brien. Jim O'Brien. I met oh, with yeah. him when he first got the job before I got tra- – and I ended up getting traded like a month later. I met with him, and he was like, yeah, I want you to work on the corner three. That was 2004, 2005. He was the first coach to ever say that to me. Hmm. Wow. You had to up those hours in the gym, huh? <laughs> From and, and then I was just like, corner three, well, I mean, how am I going to get – from based on the way I play, how are you going to get me to the corner? Yeah. Yeah, that's true too, right? That was my question. <laughs> am I going to be in the corner or I'm just going to pass and go to the corner? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, say like, what are we going? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, you got a scheme. You got a scheme. Is, is, is Allen gonna bring it up? And I'm just standing in the corner, <laughs> like I just, you know, what I'm saying, like you gotta, because it does matter. It's a valid question. It does matter how, like, how you getting there. Am I already going? Am I, you know, am I going PJ Tucker it where I'm already standing there, or am I going to bring the ball? Up <laughs> yeah, you could like the point and of run guard version of Tucker. That's it, and then run there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So that's what that's what Dame said during the three point contest. He said, "I, I shoot this the uh, the corner or the uh, the side threes probably like six times a year. This is, this is different for me." <laughs> sure, I mean, it's, yeah, know. he shoots more half court shots than he does corner threes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if there's one thing that's different, it's it's these guys shooting those long range shots. Um, and I just you know I don't really see a a lot of guys shooting it at a high clip like. Um, Dame and Steph, maybe Trey Young. Yeah, I don't know if he really shoots as many as those guys. Buddy, Buddy Heal too. I think he shoots like eleven or twelve a game. Or I haven't watched the Pacers outside of playing the Sixers, so I, I wouldn't know. Um, does he shoot them deep? I know Buddy shoots the three really good. Does he shoot the deep ones? I would, yeah, I don't think he shoots. Halliburton shoots the deep ones. I, I've seen Halliburton shoot some really deep ones. Not not Buddy so much. Yeah, Buddy shoots nine a game. I don't know how deep the uh, average. Halliburton, Halliburton kind of, yeah. I mean, he kind of steps into. He got a little sort of a step sh- um, set shot. He mm-hmm. kind of he'll he'll get it off, but I don't see him at the rate of those guys. Yeah. Am, I, am I wrong on that? Yeah, not like those guys. No, I'm talking about on the deep shots. I'm not talking about on threes. I'm just saying on the deep the deep three mm-hmm. where you got to extend your defense. You know, before you can put your heel. On the top of the key, then you can put as a defender, and then you put your heel, you know, but you know, in front of the three point line. Now you put your heel on top of the three point line, and with them, it got to be even higher. That you know what I'm saying? Like if you're 
guarding if I'm guarding Steph or I'm guarding Dane Trey based on me watching I know that my heel got to be way higher mm-hmm. than um as a defender which makes him tougher to defend because you got to play so much more um room but you know that's where help defense comes in yeah yeah Lillard leads the league 11 a game We need, we, we need like that question, Eric. So we wanted to want to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't answer it, but thank you. <laughs> we, I mean, I mean, we worked through it though. There are certain definitely some aspects. The, the whole physicality thing. I think you did a good job, and, and you have a good perspective on that because of you know your playing style and the years you played through. It um, changed my whole career. Yeah, it, it, it changed yeah. Like, during my career. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so we kind of uh, talked about the the Memphis game uh, a little bit and start the show, but um, obviously we had the incredible comeback last night. Um, a lot of people said that this was the kind of game we would have lost in, in years past. Um, I mean, we got like about five minutes left. Looked at Tasia, was like we were down by eleven at that point. I was like, this game's over. Like, we're not winning this game. Um, and also a very contentious game too. Dylan Brooks getting into it with Harden and MB throughout the game. Um, just yeah. Uh, Brooks is one of those guys that you like. You you hate when he's on another team, but when you when he's on your team, you'd love a guy like that. And I was telling Tage, like, I'd love to have Brooks on our teams. To you got got to get in someone's grill. But um, what adjustments do you think we've made to pull a game like this out? And I I believe we look at the Clippers game. We were down twenty at that one. We came back and won that one. There was another game we were down by a good amount. We came back. I think the Nuggets game we were down by like uh, thirteen or fourteen, and we came back from that one. Um, so pulling out games like this, I mean, what adjustments do you think we've made this year to, that that were more resilient? When it comes to uh, you know coming back from leads like that, because in years past we would just give up and that'd be that'd be it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we got some, you know, some maturity on the team um, collectively. Um, but I think you, you, you're they're a better defensive team. I mean, they're better, because it's all about getting stops. We know they can score. Um, it's all about getting stops, and I just think is it is a different energy about a team. That that's expecting to be a championship contender truly and thinks they can win a championship. Um, I think game like last night is why a guy like PJ's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To, to make the hustle plays, the stops, and being a part of that and being able to guard multiple positions and switching. So having him helped. That helped. Um that was playoff I, PJ for sure. And it was a situation where I know we used to, like we used to always talk about it, like when we played. And Coach Brown was big on it. Was can you win a game when you don't shoot well? Um, that means that you're doing a lot of the other stuff well. Yep. So for Joel to have the game that he had, as far as shooting, I think other everywhere else he was he was great. And and to still <clears throat> have your have a chance to win says a lot. I mean, and and you have guys that you know Tobias made, made some big huge shots, um, and then it got stops, getting rebounds, and, and Memphis didn't help themselves a little bit in the end. But um, we we did enough to to win that game. I mean, I think Memphis can still leave that game confident, um, especially with their starting center out. But it's just about getting that win. I mean, that was a big game out of the break. And then you play Boston at home the next game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a 
That's a huge win. Yeah, we were saying that before that, yeah, it's, we need to win. <laughs> um, I saw a tweet earlier. Uh, the Sixers have 13 wins this season when trailing at halftime. It's a third of their victories. And you, and you say we are a third quarter team. Too. Yeah, I was gonna say how, how many of those games. Been, you know what? I haven't looked at third. <laughs> I haven't looked at third quarter stat in a long time. I should do that again, right? <laughs> I, I, I did we win? I don't. I still think we won. Did we win the third quarter last night? Uh, we won by two because we were. I think we were down by ten going into the fourth quarter. And we were down by Even again like that. Well, that's why we kept looking. We're like, dude, like. We got down like six to get down 12, six, 12. They even got like 12 one last time with like five minutes. I'm like, man, gotta make your run soon. Um, it's a good question as far as what's changed. I love the maturity answer. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think we're, we're, I think we're really well balanced too. I, I think when the offense isn't doing that as well, they stay, they, they kick up the defense a notch and vice versa. Whereas before in the last couple of years, Really pre-hardened is what we're really, really talking about, right? Um, I just think we didn't have that balance. We wanted – I don't want to blame Ben, but I'm going to come close right now. No, I, I, I just I, – I think – But he was our team's second best player. When your second best player can't um, score more um, than 15 the, 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 one thing, the one thing I didn't mention was the fact that um, – having multiple ways to score and impact the game as well. Because James was making shots, Tobias ended up making those shots, and Maxi came in, and even though he wasn't really shooting the three, yeah, big third quarter. out of those layups and stuff, yes. especially in that second half that were huge, getting out yes. in transition. Those were some big baskets that were timely baskets as well. So I think that versatility, along with everything else we said, that's probably why in the past, like, were we getting those buckets? We didn't have that. We were we were hoping Simmons would become that. The I mean, second I guy. Ben, I think Ben did, you know, before this all happened, Ben was kind of doing enough for us to win. Like let's let's not necessarily make it seem like the end Ben was the whole time Ben. No, no, it, it, you know it, it was like he, he was doing enough for us to have a number one seed. You, you know what I'm saying? Totally. I, I I'm not I'm not saying he was bad by any means, but I was I was a Ben supporter for a long time, right? But even that, when we gave him the huge contract, it was like, okay, now we got to get, we got to see a little more. They even said it too, and he said in his press conferences, I, I, "I'm being looked at as the leader of this, one of the leaders of this team. I have to take the next step, right?" And the next step was around twenty a game, averaging twenty one yeah, a game. Averaging. I, I, I'll say it like this: It was like if you look at the team that lost to Toronto on the last second shot. Mm -hmm. It was if if we were in the end and we needed a shot, that team had pretty much said we're giving the ball to Jimmy. Yep. Or we'll get JJ a shot. Right or wrong? Right. Yeah, I mean, I still think MB was a a big part of that game. No, I'm just saying, like if you yeah, you give some but how many times did we have a play and they gave it to Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with Joel on the court. He was closing games. Yes. Um, where Joel is now, we have to. I mean, he has improved since that time. Yes, yeah, he was really good sure. then, for sure. Um, I think now you can probably give it to three different people. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that's improvement. And just to <laughs> say, now you can definitely give it to Joel. You give it to James. He'll give it to Bryson. And maybe Tobias doesn't get the, the ISO, but you trust that he'll take the shot because he just did. He just showed yeah. you. That was a huge shot. Um, And I think that's why that team for the two core players of Embiid and Simmons, the supporting cast was perfect for those two guys too. Um, yeah, I, I, because I just, you you needed really assertive, aggressive scores yes, with yes, them. You me. needed that. I just I just think. Lastly, the last thing on it, I'll say this: I think the trust factor to me is the biggest difference because they're making that pass without even hesitating. Yeah. That pass that Tobias got those two threes. The one from Maxi. That was it. Was the one from Maxi? The one. It was like no hesitation. I'm just yeah. I'm making the right play. No almost hesitation. Like it was, almost like it was it didn't up. matter who it was. I'm yeah. making that pass right away. That makes it better. It's almost like a practice shot for Tobias when that ball he is coming. He's ready. It's coming. I'm wide open. The swing, swing, boom, cut baseline. I mean, cut to the middle, swing to the corner. Like it's no hesitation in that in the passes. That's trust. We might have had a little hesitation before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there are also problems, too, apparently. Like, you know, Jimmy, they wanted Jimmy to kind of, you know, close the game down. But Ben didn't like that. He wasn't the guy closing games down. So there was like there was also slight behind the scenes chemistry issues that we didn't know at the time. Well, but the came roles, out the roles are carved out now. Right. I mean, is that, is that also part of it? There's also established roles Eric. When you talk about trust, is that part of that, too? Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's established role. But I, I, I think when I say trust, I'm just saying from the standpoint of a lot of times you get to a situation where you in the, in the games, guys can be selective who they throw the ball to. You mm-hmm. can be very selective. Um, or you can hesitate. And, and and you hesitate, you take that guy off that shot just by a little hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't see any of that. I don't haven't seen any a lot. I've seen that ball popping, and the trust is there. It's like, oh, he's open, swing it. Oh, he's open, swing it. And and that really came into play later in that game when it was like you put a dent in their defense, and then it was one play to be made. Boom, you make that play, and that guy knocks it down, and he's ready to do it. But if there was any, if Maxi caught that ball when he cut, and all of a sudden he dribble, he see that guy, but he takes the extra dribble and go to the rim, and then he throws it. That's different. That's a different. It becomes a different shot, and a different closeout defensively. Um, but the way the ball was popping and moving right away with no hesitation, it, it gave the defense no opportunity to recover. Yeah, I think we're also handling adversity way better, and we're handling intense emotional games better. We we talked about that a, a few weeks ago uh, with the what game was that? And we we kind of like. Uh, the Brooklyn game where we kind of like fought and it goes, it was, it was becoming like a street fight in the game, mm. but we handled it well. And we came out with the win. I think those are also overly emotional games that we might've lost the handle and control of a couple of years ago. Whereas we're, we're, we're balanced. We're finding the balance between emotional, um, um, you know, like aggression, but also keeping your head on straight and winning the game. Yeah. yeah that's definitely directly linked to maturity though. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, and MB uh, again, like you said, like MB wasn't the guy. He's like the leader now, though, right? Like he is like the guy. It's not even the question anymore. Like oh, it's a bit because back then they were still you. You still see talking hands on ESPN and Fox and stuff, and, and, and you know Skip Show saying like 
you know, there were there were still Simmons guys and Embiid guys back then. There was still a debate over whose team and offense it was back then, hey, right? Look, like, our, our, I know. Look, I was asked this question. Um, maybe. 2018, 2019. What, whose team it was? No, I was asked this question. Would you take Ben Simmons or Giannis? I was asked that question. <laughs> so that's how we're either where Ben Simmons was or where Giannis was. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I was asked that question. Yeah. By a, a G League player. That's crazy. What was your answer? So I, I coached um Giannis's brother. Ah. So Giannis's brother was coming to me, coach, 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 coach. Man, literally, he talked about my brother. What you, what you think? Who you gonna pick? <laughs> so I can remember that conversation in a locker room, in the G League locker room. Guys were having that conversation. Yeah. What'd you say? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you would have. I don't huh? think you would have told this story if you said it was Ben. By the way, <laughs> Scooby said what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have put your head down and gone, Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to go there, man. I, I did have someone. You know, I was I picked right. That's all I can say. Got it. At, at that time, everyone thought he was the going to be the the next LeBron. I mean, they were calling him the Young Prince at the time, like around twenty eight. That's what I'm saying. Like that's you know. Ben was, and he he was an all star. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I mean, forget about forget about getting better. If he just stayed where he was, it would have been yeah, good that's enough. Why a lot of people don't think it's you know it's 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 something else. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It actually, I mean, w- with he that, went. he's being taken out of the uh, rotation of the Nets. So that's that's, that's yeah. Like yeah. yeah, totally. They yeah. said he's not going to be in the. Ro- I and mean, that's apparently he's not going to be in the rotations. Yeah, because I Doc said that. No, uh, Jacques Vaughn. I said, yeah, Jacques Vaughn said. That. Oh, I think it's Doc. I was, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's what the report is. Yeah. Ooh. Coming out of All Star break. Yes. Yeah, and that's a that ain't. I mean, Doc can make that call, but he got some. Um, that's an expensive out of rotation piece. Yeah, he got he yeah he got some you know some confirmations from other places. Well, he just got an extension, so <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. He got some confirmations from some other places to make. I assume he, he he made that after the extension. Like, okay, my first order of business, Ben's out of the rotation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just you know, you make your negotiations. Can I, you know, some changes I want to make? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he makes that call without like letting them like, know, like a stamp. Yeah, yeah. he got a stamp approval. Yeah. yeah, he has the bracelet for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somebody's still playing that salary, so Oof, big salary, man. I mean, we 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 have our com- I have my complaints about Tobias sometimes at his salary, but you know, I mean, I don't have any complaint about anybody's salary. <laughs> All right, it's not your money, Production. Josh Harrison. How you complain about somebody's money, man? Get your hands out their pocket, man. That's their money, man. It's production. If somebody versus- else, if somebody else is gonna give them money, why are you complaining about what they make and what they should be doing? Like, why are you complaining about what he should be doing with his money? I'm not complaining about him getting it. You I'm are. complaining about I'm complaining about us 
are the ones paying it. And it's not your money. That's fine. And if well, okay, you want to pay him, us paying, you're not paying anything. Him and Josh Harris. Boy, <laughs> but I but I, I can say I'd rather have three guys for that money than him for that money. What's wrong with saying that? Because you aren't paying it. But the West the, the Westbrook deal, for instance, they got Beasley, they got Vanderbilt, and they got someone else to equal what he's getting. It's a better deal for them. It's not bad to say that. Bad for who? Yeah, the, the Lakers should say that. Not it's a better. It, it's a better deal for them. Well, they clearly think it's better, right? That's why they did it. Otherwise, why would they do that, right? Yeah. If we trade Tobias this offseason and got three players for that, obviously we've been waiting to do so, that. So, so those three players all of a sudden are better than Tobias, right? Well, you're talking about – well, that's what, you, that's what you're saying. More more valuable to us or individuals? Yeah, so, so, so the money's good now when those three players come up, but the money's not good if, if he was still there. If it's soaking up one, yeah, I'd, I'd want it dispersed a little more. Yeah. I would want it dispersed a little more. Mm-hmm. I want like two or three guys taking that instead of, of one. Because I, I it's and it's not a knock on the money aspect. It's not particularly it, it, it's there's only one way to look at it, a knock on the money. I think it's more about what we want out of that four position. Who is who is we? Maury Sixers. You said yeah. we because me, uh, me and Marcus don't feel the same way you feel. So you said we. I just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we could trade him in that salary, I think we would have already. They just they can't. So, um, but I think what the Sixers want out of the four, I don't think you need to pay. It's not Tobias. It's blank. We can say player A. I don't think you need to pay someone thirty-seven million to do what we want out of that four position. Fourteen points. Seven rebounds and good defense. I don't think you need to pay thirty-seven million for that. It's not about Tobias. It's not about anyone particularly. So, so let me let you in on the little secret. <laughs> when Tobias is gone and he's replaced, right? Mm-hmm. The person to get those same numbers, how much you think they're gonna get? Numbers is in like like stats or, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So, so so the person that takes his place, how much money do you think that person is gonna make as an NBA starter? Um. I think it'll be anywhere. So somebody has to start, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so it'll if you're be. You're starting on the winning team, and you become a free agent. You're going to say, "Hey, no, I don't want that money. Won't you? Instead of that, let's split it three ways and just give that to two other people." Ideally, in my opinion, John Collins' money, like eighteen to twenty-five. That's what I'd want. Harrison Barnes' money, and you're still going to be over the cap. Yeah, but if you're if you're getting a trade, you get someone to take twenty five, get another guy to take thirteen, have a bench piece. You know what I mean? You're 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 getting similar Tobias production and getting something else to help the team. That's that's where I'm looking at it at least. Mm-hmm. So it's not even a Tobias problem. I just think we can get close enough to what he's doing, and have more money to go somewhere else to to put into. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about it is because you 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 always you almost make it as if. It's guys that's going to do what you're saying is going to command 18 to 20 million dollars just walking around. I think Tobias is capable of more, but we just don't we have one ball. We always said yeah, I understand that, but we we also signed Tobias before a lot of these guys. No, were, I agree. No, I I totally were, agree. Were I don't, I don't, under I don't contract. Fault, I don't fault him for that, obviously. Get get your money, dude. You got it. Good for you. Um, and he's been a very reliable, consistent player, but a guy getting like a, many nights, 10 shots, 12 shots a game. 
It's just that's not, not a Tobias issue. No, it's not. But for like I said, it's not a Tobias thing. It's more of a what we need out of that four, a guy who only gets 10 shots so, a game. So what did you need out of that four when he signed the contract? Oh, that goes back to what I said of the Ben Simmons year. We needed a guy who can make up for Ben Simmons' lack of scoring is what we needed. Did he do that? He did do that. That's what he was signed for. Yeah. So if you change the team and all that stuff, that's not a Tobias. Like that's not his, his money rule. issue. 100% yeah, but we say, but we, but we saying he can make too like to say that somebody make too much money. You can't never make too much money when somebody's giving it to you. For the roles that have changed. I yes, guess. that's not his. That's not his issue. But when I look at our our salaries on our roster, and he's making four more than Harden and and Embiid. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean Harden by choice, um, and Joel by years of service. But if we're if we're taking all the other elements out, because you're saying- Joel's a max player, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's so that that was the most that he could make. So that's it's it's staggered on how much you can make based on where you are in your career. And what you've accomplished. So it's different maxes. All the maxes aren't the same. Let me ask you a question. You gotta be a max player. Like Drew Holiday is a max player. But his max is not the same as Giannis. You you see what I'm saying? No, totally. And again, I don't have a problem with Tobias the player. And if he was making 25, this wouldn't even be a conversation right now. Um, oh, yes, yes, it would. Mm, I, I, I don't. I, I, don't I don't think he'd be as big of a deal. I, I don't think it would be. Because he makes what? How many more? Ten more? Whatever. Thir- thir- thirteen. Thirteen less million. Thirteen. So if he, you just you just take half. You know, thirteen million away from him. You'd be like, hey, yeah, I'm good with you now. Yeah. <laughs> that that's more of the market of what guys that thirteen that thirteen get. that thirteen can't go get you anyone. You, you're over the cap. Is you're not going to get. What are you going to get for that thirteen? Malik Beasley, Eric Gordon. I mean, a lot of guys that could help us. You can't go and sign those guys. That, no, you see what I, I'm well, saying like I, you don't I, have. It's not, like, it's, not, it's not like you take his money away. It's just going to show up on the cap. That's not how the cap works. Well, the Lakers did it with Westbrook because they traded that player to a team. Yes, that's willing to give people away because they're starting over. I absolutely. And when the time comes to Tobias, that's what's going to have to happen with him anyway. We're going to have to do that kind of trade. And, and Russ made more than that. I know. So that's why you were able to get those players. His contract was even worse. How's it worse? For the team or for him? For him, it's great. I'm looking from the player's perspective. I don't oh, see yeah. $47 million being bad. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, you, you love that. If that's your check, that's, so- that's great. For, I don't see that being a bad for, thing. For a team using him as a six man and paying $47 million? Mm, not as good for them, though, right? That's their pers- that's their decision. I don't look at it from their perspective. Yeah, I'm, we're I'm talking about at it from a team's decisions perspective. We're talking about production, though. We're talking no, about production. Nobody made, them, nobody made them make those decisions. Absolutely. Nobody made them and, you know, put them in situations where you got to do this. Oh, I don't I mean, I pity for them. I just want us to win more games and win a championship. <laughs> yeah, That's but Tobias contract ain't, don't have anything to do with it. We're not gonna mm. trade Tobias and get what you got for Russell Westbrook. It's the reason why it only happened with one team. Where else could you trade him and get that? Well, we can't because there's too many years and mo- too much money. I'm just saying you, you 
But it's a contractual issue. That's why we can't trade him. It's not a value. It's not he's good or bad. If Tobias was making 20, I don't think we'd try to trade him anyway. You can trade his contract. You can't trade his contract. Ooh, I, we, he's been on the trade block for like two and a half years. Every man. guy is tradable. Every guy's tradable. Now when you don't have picks anymore. You may not like what you get in return, but you're tradable. That's true. We don't have the picks to attach to them anymore. You you can you may not like what you get in return. Or what you have to give up. Tradable. Or what you have to give to, up. To say that you can't move him is not accurate. You can move him. Sure, you, you just can, don't like the package. You receive you can, you can mortgage your future. Sure. So I'm just saying. So so that means you are tradable. But Let's that's hurting. That, but that's like, hurting you. Then no, they don't no, want to make a deal. No with untradable contract. Well, yeah, they'd rather keep the bloated salary and not give up. Like it's not a bloated salary. It's his salary. <laughs> it's not a bloated salary. They signed that deal perfectly. Hold the, on. So when you're the looking Sixers at signed, just like he signed, they both signed that deal. So when you're looking at a, a, a chart of players who all have very similar numbers on on the court, and then he's got 15 more million, and I say what stands out to you, you wouldn't say, oh, one guy does what all those guys does, but he makes do it those guys play? Do those guys play with James and Joel? I, I'm just talking about statistical output. Though. I'm just saying, do those guys play with James and Joel? Pre-James, even pre-James. 19 points a game. And do those guys play with James and Joel? That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Some of those guys play with Trey Young, another guy who shoots 80 times a game. John Collins is pretty comparable. Was he draft, and he was drafted by that team, right? Yes. Collins. That's what you're talking about. He's drafted by that team. Yes. So they didn't want to lose him, right? He's been on the trade block for a while, too. But they didn't <laughs> want to lose him, right? Not for nothing. No. Okay. And they well, gave gotta, him less. Yeah, balance. I don't want to give Tobias away either. I want something good in return. Obviously, I mean, I'm not going to like just say I want him gone no matter what we get back. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that. Absolutely not. I'm just saying. I think it would be. I think that salary would be better used in multiple and spread out a little bit because the ball is not going to him enough, and that's unfortunate. And he and he's taking that. He's not going to go to whoever you're getting in there either. Yeah, but I can swallow that if he's making half that money. That's what I'm saying. Swallow it and get who? That, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, just I, give I, me a player. Like, give me a player that's going – like a player – like you said, you can go get three players, but it's still only one spot. Well, I think if we got – I think if we did get rid of him, personally, I think we'd move Tucker to to, to four and, then, and and put that money into a wing, a three, is what I think we would do, personally. I don't think we would replace the, the The A wing does get limited shots. Yeah, who could three and D? They get limited shots. Yeah, who can make most use out of his shots? Not for that same money, for like probably half of that. Yeah, and then just oh, here you go. A good example. And then the makes about who? 20 a year, 20 something a year. That's what he makes right now, right? I think he's still under contract for like two or three more years, though. Let me see. OG. Yeah, let's make sure now. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, he's got – he's under contract in, uh, next year and the year after that at 18 and 19 million. But that's a great deal. That That's like – they're getting a good deal on him. You know what I mean? Like that's a – he's making half of what Tobias makes. They just got to steal and, on and him. When, and when did he get his deal? He signed a four-year, $72 million deal. Two years ago? In – 
Yeah, before the 2021-21-22 season. So before before last. He was coming season. off an injury, and he was a backup. He was coming off his, yeah, his rookie extension. That's what it yes. was, pretty much. Yeah. And they paid Siakam more. Oh, yeah. Siakam, I think, is making probably Tobias money, right? Yeah. I don't know. Probably about that. <clears throat> He's making – he will be making – yeah, yeah, 35 and 37 next year. So, yeah, he's making – yeah. That's the next – that's the next contract he got, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, I'm happy he's making it. <laughs> Personally, just want it to fit what we have now is what I'm saying. But, yes, what we needed at the time, we need stability and a guy with a ball in the bucket. Yeah, I mean, where I'm trying to get you to get is stop counting people's money. Yes, just <laughs> if you want a better fit, his salary don't need to matter. We just need a better fit. We need a guy that can do a X Y Z that fits better than him. His salary shouldn't matter if that's how I you think feel. He, I think he fits pretty well. So I mean, I'm just saying if if you say he fits at 18, 19, then he fits at 37. But what would help the team better, though? That's not going to help the team. That's going to help Josh Harris. No, no, not just shedding the salary because we can't for two years. But if you were to say, I'll get you an Ananobi and a bench scorer or Tobias Harris, then what would you say? Like, that's like that is a better deal. That ain't, it's not, that's not a better deal based on salary. That's a better basketball deal. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But the, so you'll but take a better basketball salary have to it's match. Not, it's not great. about because he made a lot of more money. It's just give me a better basketball deal. But salaries have to match in trades in the NBA when you're over the cap the way we are, right? So they have to. I mean, they have to come to a certain rate of matching. Yes. Yeah. So you do have to kind of. Ma- it does come down to money, though. So I mean, it, it comes down to money as far as matching. But I'm just saying, as far as the judging, because it it, it was, you know, some time ago that. A year ago, that there were people that saying that the deal we made were, was bad. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, Harden and Ben Simmons one? Yeah, and he made too much money. That, that conversation was being made a year ago, right or wrong. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, regardless how much he makes, it, he's going to be uh, in order for us I, to I bet it. you. I bet you, um, though, in the, the, the conversations – Will be different this summer, or he will be back in Houston. Oh, Harden, you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, regardless, we need Tobias to step up in order for us to win a championship, regardless of how much he gets paid. He, need, he needs to do what he did at the end of that game last night in order for us to win. So hopefully he can maximize his. I don't know. Uh, maybe if you cut it, if you take 13 million away from me, definitely not going to do it, man. That's the way they talk, man. <laughs> 24 million is still a lot of money. Yeah, uh-huh. 37 is his, though. 37 is even better. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he'll get 37 when he becomes a free agent? No, he's older. He won't get it. He won't get it. If, if the Sixers won't give it to him, he won't get it. Yeah. I mean, they have his bird rights. It's set up for them to keep him. So it, it's not set up for him to make that kind of money if your own team won't give it to you. Yeah. That, that's the way the, you know, it's kind of the, with the bird rules. That's how it works. So, well, that's how I'm going to sign and trade. That's, it's going to be hard to do. 
that's how I defended when we signed him because everyone was like, whoa, Tobias is making more than anyone on our team. But there were rumors about three different teams wanting to sign him to a similar deal. So it was like someone was going to give him that money. Yeah, yeah he probably I, – I'm not – I wasn't you know, privileged to that information, but I'm sure he has some leverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a few teams that were – I mean, I heard Dallas was one of them at the time. Yeah. Let me get fit there. Yeah, they've been rumored. They've been mm-hmm. Tobias talks. I mean, if we were to keep him past next year when he does become a free agent, do you think a guy like that would? I mean, let's say we have hopefully we've won a championship or come close to it. You think he would sign like a like a like a minimum like like a, like a two year type like twenty twenty two million dollar deal or something like that or a forty million dollar deal twenty like something where Tate is talking about eighteen to twenty five range at that at that age or would that be? I can see it going either way. I think I think how the next two years goes matters. Mm-hmm. I think he would do that if that means we could get something out of it just to save Josh Harris money. No, no, no I'm just, that's what I'm saying. It depends on how, how it goes. I yeah. Think yeah. How it goes, how we're playing, um, you know, whether he wants to move on or the opportunities, what opportunities are out there. I, I just think it's kind of hard to say that without kind of all the information filling in. Cause I think that'll be an informational decision. Mm-hmm. First domino would be Harden. Yeah. This summer. So hopefully the Houston rumors are uh, are null. Um, now we're gonna go to we're gonna go to game predictions. Um, uh, we'll, we'll 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 discuss the other topic next week, just because I think the Tobias Harris topic uh, took over for that one. <laughs> um, and actually, here, just to, if we're not gonna do that, let me close out the the Tobias thing too. Uh, Reggie Miller and someone else during that game, I think, were all saying how like they see him as maybe the most important piece of this because. You know what James is giving you. You know what uh, Joel's going to give you every night. Tobias has got to step up and be that third consistent guy every night. I just thought that was interesting too, because you don't. Use yeah, that. I mean, I, the one thing that I caught what Reggie said was, it wasn't that he needed to do something. He just needed to be more aggressive, mm. more forceful in making things happen. And that's hard to be, um, and that's hard to do when you're a third or fourth option. I know. Be real about it. Reggie yeah. Miller was number one, majority of his career. Yeah, that's hard. To, that's hard to be that aggressive, especially when you don't have the ball. You're not bringing the ball up to court. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's a fine line between doing that and being selfish. Sure. Yeah. No, and, and I think what, what Reggie said was like, we need a third score, whether that be Maxi uh, doing his thing well, or, or Maxi's supposed to be that guy. Yeah. If you're watching us all the time. I'm sure Reggie's do, oh, moving on to other games. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxie's supposed to be that guy. That's yeah. you know, Tobias is like you know Tasia said he's paid to be that guy. Um, <laughs> but the team is built for Maxie to be the guy. Yeah, the way they use him, the way they put the ball in his hands, that's been evident. Yeah, the way they moved him to the bench for him to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you saw during during that comeback last night, he was on the court. I didn't even see Mel. I barely saw Melton that second half of that game. Yeah, he played eight minutes. Yeah, or something. He he was at foul trouble. Um, so yeah. you know, but. he did lock down. Uh, Ja Ja probably had one of his worst games of the year last night. But that's hard though. Like playing against your your old team the first time is it's it's a little it's a little difficult at times. Yeah, I bet. 
Uh, well, another big one uh, this week, and so we'll uh, we'll do our uh, predictions for the next two games before we see each other next week. Um, so Boston uh, Saturday night, uh, it's going to be on ABC at eight thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, big game, huge game, big playoff implications here. Um, I think after last night's win, I, I saw all the talking heads on ESPN and Fox Sports say there's three teams in the East you need to look out for: Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia. So. If people weren't looking at us, they're looking at us now. Um, and this will also uh, be a huge help for us in the um, in the seedings. But uh, Sixers right now are one-and-a-half-point underdog on Saturday at home against the Boston Celtics. Celtics lead the season series two games to nothing. Who do you guys have in this game on Saturday night, guys? We're one. We, gotta be, we have to beat Boston. So um, it, it has to become personal. You know, and you got a team that has beaten us twice um, on their court, fighting for a seed. You're trying to catch them. It got to be personal and it got to be in statement, I must say. I didn't know the spread I would take us, but the spread scares me a little bit. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're a really good home team this year, so – if you're trying to give a really good home team who's the number three overall, who's the hottest team in the league in the last two months, a point and a half at home, you're giving pretty, that to us? It's a, a pretty much a pick for a team that's dominated us twice this year already. I mean, at Boston, though, I don't know. They've they, they just been, I don't know. I, I, I think the home away, I think the home away matters for sure. I, I, I just think someone who's looking at it. But see, what you said also works the other way, too. Like, they've beaten us twice. Well, how hard is it to be the same team three times in a row? So, like, not only are you expecting us to finally win one, we're also at home, and we're also playing better than them. So, yeah, I mean. It's a little scary that's plus one and a half, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, but they play free, though. Mm-hmm. It's, they, they play well against us, and they play free. They yep. do play well against us. Um, they had a scare last night, though. That that, that came that came should have been it was much closer than it should have been going to overtime, and then uh, winning by four, one forty two to one thirty eight. Winning, so, ha- winning helps them feel better, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Miles Turner turned into Steph Curry. That's why. <laughs> I mean, he's hitting everything, dude. Um, I'm going to take based on spread, Boston. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, I think. What would you say? I'm not. I think we have. I do think we have to win, though. So I mean, like for us, I think it means. I think it means more to us. Yeah. Um, okay, then uh, Monday night we got Miami. Uh, we play Miami back to back this week, but we travel to Miami on Wednesday to play Miami. But Monday night we'll be at home um, in Philadelphia. Who do you guys have in that one? Go ahead, Tasia. I think we win. We win that one. I think, uh, well, if I'm taking Boston, if he does, I think we bounce back. Because now we're coming off an emotional victory. Um, I think we'll come back off a loss to Boston and, and take out Miami. I think we're still, even though it's not the same team as it was, I, I still think playoffs are in mind. And uh, to prove you want to be You said a home game? Yeah, it's home. Monday's, home. Monday's a home, Wednesday's away at Miami. So, okay, so it's, it's home of then away. Um, I got us win both. I'll win both. I don't know, man. I'll say we um we win at home, and we you know we don't win at Miami. Yeah, 
And keep in mind that uh, the Wednesday night against Miami, the following night we play on a TNT against Dallas. Um, and then we play Saturday, Milwaukee. I believe it's an ABC game. So we have multiple Woo! national televised games the next few. This was a stretch I told you guys about Tough, you know, man. in preseason. <laughs> it's getting real. Yeah. Yeah. Come down the home. Miami, Miami looked winnable a couple months ago, but now, you know, they, they better. Yeah. Post All Star break, Spo. He's got his guys going. Yeah. So, all right. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, we uh, pull out this uh, big game against uh, Boston on Saturday. And Tage is wrong. And, uh, me and <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll oh, see you guys. We do. <laughs> All right, man. I'll take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.